Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Transform Podcast. I'm your co-host, Dr. Corey Barnes, and I'm so glad to be getting back to our regularly scheduled programming with my co-host and good friend, Dr. Aaron Rice. Before we get into that program, I want to let you know that much of the material that's a part of this first group of podcasts that we're releasing in the new season is material that I'll also cover in my recent book, Kingdom Student, Skills to Succeed in Education and the Rest of Your Life, co-authored with my good friend and provost at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, Dr. Norris Grubbs. If you would like to order the book, you can do so at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble or Broadman & Holman. We'll have some links in the show notes if you'd like to check it out. If you read the book and you'd like to share with us what you think, please leave a review, especially on Amazon. Thank you. Welcome to the Transform Podcast, the podcast devoted to discussions of how the biblical worldview transforms all of life. I'm Corey Barnes, and with me is my co-host, Aaron Rice. So, Aaron, man, we're, we're back. Things are starting to feel a little bit normal again, and one of the ways that that's happening for us is that we get to do this podcast in person again instead of the kind of weird, uh, distant stuff we were having to do through coronavirus. Yeah, it's been a minute, but I am stoked. You know, we're talking today about education and leadership in education and kind of getting back into some sort of routine, and I honestly cannot wait. This time uh, being during quarantine and then summer has been in many ways healthy and good and a great time to kind of reflect on what in the world are we doing in this life and how can we appreciate some things that we've been able to, you know, motor past in our regular busy lives, and that's been great, but my goodness, has it created a hunger to get to some sort of normalcy and some sort of um, rest in our mind because we're constantly bombarded with these things. And so I'm looking forward to some sort of um, new structure and something that's familiar and something that I can latch onto. Though we'll be wearing masks and socially distancing and a variety of other things, um, I am thrilled to be able to be back in the classroom and to see my students and watch their progression and see my progression. So. I'm stoked to be back on the podcast and chatting with you on a, a weekly basis and look forward to the things that we're going to talk about this year on uh, Transformed. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, uh, as we get started for the year on Transformed, one of the things that we want to kind of highlight in this first uh, first sequence of episodes that we're going to do in the new season is to look at some things that students can focus on in, in gr- ways that they can grow in their academic life. So we're not necessarily talking here about academic skills, even though, of course, we want them to grow in academic skills. We've also already done some stuff about reading and productivity. Those are things that can be important. But we want to talk about a couple of things, two in particular. We're going to start today with leadership. We're also going to talk about relationships. And so in the the time that a student has in college, they have a unique opportunity to really work on these skills. So that's what I want us to start off talking about. What what are you looking for in your students? And I, and I want to let our listeners know, you really get to work on a really student-to-student basis with a lot of students because of your role as our chorale director and your role in the music department. What are you looking for in your students? How do you want to see them develop as leaders during their time in college? And then how can our listeners, especially those who are students, but even those that might not be students, how can they put some of those same kind of practices in place? So as a caveat, we are in COVID. So a lot of the things that I would tell a typical student are not necessarily applicable for COVID. 
And so we're going to have to look through a new lens, honestly, for this year or two years or until things get to a new normal that we can kind of, uh, you know, figure out what those are going to look like. But some of the things are still the same because it's at the essence of a good leader to be someone who is disciplined, to be uh, someone who is uh, caring about others. I mean, if you think about all the things that have been going on culturally um, with the Black Lives Matter movement, with um, uh, the growth and caring about what's happening in uh, COVID and the way that we care for patients and patients' rights and all these sorts of things, there's been an underlying or a, a uniting um, thread through all of this, and it's caring for someone. People want to be valued and people want to be uh, heard and cared for and truly loved. And so as we're thinking about what are the things that are, are valuable that I speak to my students about for leadership, it's loving people. You know, whenever I was in seminary and undergraduate, it's really undergraduate at a seminary, uh, you, we got to hear the same sermons that the, the master students, the MDiv students, and the, the PhD students heard. And the thing that oftentimes came back to me was, if you're going to be a pastor or if you're going to be a leader, you're going to be a shepherd, you're going to smell like the sheep. You're going to have to be around people or sheep. And people sometimes stink. People have problems. I have problems. My friends have problems. And, you know, I like to stay clean just as much as the next guy. I like to not stink. Um, but sometimes whenever you're dealing with your own problems or being there for a friend's problems, you're going to stink. You're going to get dirty. You're going to smell like the sheep, as it were. And so for people that are developing leadership skills and trying to find ways to love others, it's being there for others in their moments of need and their moments where they need in another way out of joy, you know. Um, I'm thinking about friends of ours that we know that have had COVID and are going through crazy things right now at 35 years old. Um, we're just having to be there for them, not have the answers, but walk with them through this. You know, we can't go to the hospital with them. You know, we can't be there in those moments, but we can pray with them. We can answer texts. We can be there on a moment's notice as much as possible. And so the thing that I'm encouraging students is build those relationships Love those people even when it's difficult. So that's one of the things that I encourage our students to do. And the other one is just to be disciplined. We've talked about this a number of times, um, but be disciplined in, in reading your word. Be disciplined in um, serving. Be disciplined with you know the job that you have outside of school or whether it's your uh, student worker job. Be disciplined and find a way to do every single one of those things to the glory of God. Do we always get right? No, those are opportunities for growth. But whenever I'm talking to a student, whether it's a church music student or whether it's a music ed student or it's a music industry student, I'm trying to find ways to speak to those students and say, hey, the way that you become a better leader is by using this time to invest in those skills so that whenever you get that leadership opportunity, teaching middle school, Sunday school class, that you are a better teacher because you love your students and you're disciplined as a teacher and a leader and one who reads and studies the scripture. So leadership is based on discipline and a love for those you're leading. Yeah. One of the things I want to connect that with is just how foundational those two aspects of leadership are if we're going to call ourselves biblical leaders in any sense we need to look at so so i would define those two things as is developing empathy and then developing discipline mm -hmm. 
we see both of those things admonished by Jesus in the Gospels. So if we think about uh, Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about not taking elaborate vows and replaces that with, with very simply saying, let your yes mean yes and let mm-hmm. your no mean no. That's the foundational aspect of discipline. So discipline, we often think about discipline as being something that's very rigorous. It can be very rigorous. Discipline is, a, a, is actually a service-oriented thing. So discipline means I'm going to be where I need to be. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'm going to fulfill what I have told others I'm going to fulfill. And it, from a leadership perspective, you're not going to be able to lead people if you're not disciplined because you're not going to be able to serve people if you're not disciplined. Right. And as we'll talk about in a moment, leadership and service go hand in hand. Empathy as well. In the Gospel of John, we have this just wonderful story. God's so gracious to give us this story about Jesus coming to the home of Lazarus after Lazarus has died. And it's very obvious in this story that this has all been intentional on Jesus' part. He is he is controlling the timeline of this story. And when he comes and Lazarus has died, even though Jesus, again, very clearly in control, is going to raise Lazarus from the dead, the initial response of Jesus is that Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. So that's empathy. That's being able to be with others and sympathize with them and 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 feel their pain and their hurts and come to understand the situation that they're in. And I'm so glad you brought that up because we're not going to have the we're not going to have the foundation that we need for leadership if we aren't first genuine and and don't express empathy to the people that we're leading. Um, here's another question, Aaron, and this is something some people might be surprised that we're talking about leadership in terms of kind of back to school, college kind of stuff. So we don't often think about students as leaders, uh, at least I think culturally we don't. And part of the reason for that is we might think, well, college isn't really a time to lead as much as it's a time to follow. Why is it that we're expecting students to be leaders? Why, why do we want to see leadership coming out of our students? I think particularly with college students. They are seeing it modeled in front of them with their professors, with their leaders in campus ministry, with their coaches, those around them. They're seeing it modeled for them. The fastest way for a, a um, student, whether it's you know in a math class or music class or whatever, the fastest way for them to do it is to receive that model and then reenact what they're seeing. Mm-hmm. And so we're encouraging students to be leaders as they're seeing strong leadership in front of them, to see that strong leadership, to decode it in their minds, what is good about this and how can I imitate it, and then to imitate it in some way, whether that's in BCM leadership, sorority leadership, leadership on the team, working at Chick-fil-A, being on a ministry staff being in a hall Bible study, whatever that is, you're finding a way to see great leadership modeled to decode in your mind what's great about that and then to give that back and to model that back and to do that. And then as you do that, just like we teach with our students, is say, okay, what did I do? What was good about that? And how can I now improve upon that? Mm -hmm. So you're not only just taking it and then regurgitating that, but then you're assessing that. That's that's great learning right there. You're assessing what's happening and then you're changing things as you learn to lead. And that really is a great pattern to have as we go throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. We're seeing great things, whether that's in people now or that we've read about in the past or that we're seeing 
in Scripture. We're seeing those great things. We're decoding them. Then we're doing them. We're assessing them, and we're continuing to grow. And so that's why I think it's perfect for the college students to say, how can I lead? How can I grow through this? And it might not be a huge thing, but even the small things give you the opportunity to grow and learn and develop. Yeah, and and one of the things you hit on there is that you learn to lead. Mm -hmm. I think there's a myth that leadership is just innate. I would agree that there's a lot of innate qualities of great leaders. So a lot of people that you and I talk about on a regular basis, whether it's someone like Winston Churchill or Ronald Reagan or Frederick Douglass, these people that are just historically great leaders, certainly a lot of what made them a great leader was just innate to their personality. God gave them gifts and a personality that helped them lead. But when we're talking about leadership, and I want to talk in just a moment about how leadership is something that everyone is going to have to participate in. Uh, leadership can be learned, and we're going to be more or less effective leaders based on how well we learn to lead. And in the college years, you get to structure your life around learning to lead. And so it, for the reasons you said, it's perfect. You have models of leadership. You have an ability to assess your leadership. And another thing you have that you alluded to is you have all these opportunities to lead in various organizations. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. There's, there's not going, so if we have college students listening right now, there's not going to be another point in your life where we, you have this many opportunities to just step in and instantly begin to plug into leadership. So it's key for that reason. One thing I'd like to do as we move forward is to kind of talk about how we define leadership. So we've talked so far about uh, discipline and empathy being foundational to leadership. We've talked about college being a great forum for developing as a leader. Now let's talk about just what leadership is, because maybe we have some people at this point who are college students, or maybe you're not a college student, you're just tuning into the podcast, and you say, okay, well, I get what you're saying. However, I don't really feel called to a leadership role. So first, we would want to validate you in that. Not everyone is called to serve in what we traditionally think of as a leadership role. Uh, and what I mean there is, you know, whether we're talking about a CEO or an executive or a president or a pastor or uh, a manager, what we typically define as leadership roles, it's, never, it's not wrong for people not to step into those or to say, that's not really what I'm called to do. However, I want to think about how we define leadership. I would define leadership in this way. And Aaron, I stumbled upon this uh, whenever I was mediating a conflict with my kids. So nice. Yeah. So, uh, you know, great parenting philosophical time. Yeah, that's right. So this was, this was a couple of years ago. Um, and so our oldest was five, our youngest was three. This was not long after we had moved to Rome and they had a friend who had come over to the house and what had happened is they had gone in and, and I don't know if your kids do this. They had gone in their room and just destroyed their room. It's amazing how fast it can happen. A regular basis. There we go. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that, man. You're, I just want to say, like, for those of you who don't know Dr. Rice and his family, they're like the most put-together people ever. And it does my heart good to know that sometimes your kid's room gets destroyed. So, uh, so anyway, whenever we were uh, – when I went in the room, the room's destroyed. And so Kayla and I tell the girls, okay, you have to clean up. Well, we then go in the room later, and what's happening is instead of cleaning up – our three-year-old is taking toys out of a box of toys and scattering them around the room. And what was really frustrating about it is the friend and our five-year-old, and our five-year-old who clearly knew better, is cheering her on as, as she does this. They're clapping and laughing. And so I, I, we handled the, the issue of the room and got them started to cleaning up. But then I, I wanted to pull my five-year-old aside and in that conversation with her, I said something that's really stuck with me about leadership, and that is leadership 
you, I, I told her you need to be a leader. And she asked, well, what, what do you mean? How should I be a leader? I said, you need to help others do good work. So I would define leadership as equipping others to do good work. So let's understand that everyone is going to have a role to play with equipping others to do good work. And you've hit on this, that right now in a time of crisis, I think we're all really aware of that, uh, that we have to always be on the lookout for how do we equip others to do good work. As we, as we kind of start coming to a close on this conversation, Aaron, can you talk to us some about what, what have been just some outstanding examples of leadership that you've seen, especially from students, and, and kind of how can that be used to emulate uh, leadership in, uh, in others? How can, how can people kind of hear those stories and, and become good leaders themselves? I think we've got to look at it, as you said, in two different kind of categories, those things that are more out front leadership sort of things and those that are more in the shadows um, and and are behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And so just from a music perspective, each year when we go on our annual tour for the chorale, every student gets a job, whether that is... Uh, you know, they're unloading the bus at every stop, getting our luggage off and getting the instruments off and that sort of thing, or they're cleaning up the bus at the end of the week, or they're in charge of last call, or maybe they're the person that's giving a testimony during the concert. Everybody has a role, and this is equipping the corral in some way to better do its job, which is inspire people through singing. So how does a person that is unloading luggage help the corral to inspire people? Well, it's getting things done so that the group can be about other things in the moment, right? Mm -hmm. So it's taking care of the luggage so that the rest of the choir can set up for a successful concert to where we inspire others. How does the publicity person do that? Well, they set up the publicity material so that we can get more singers into the corral to do more work. And so each one of these jobs is helping the body of the corral more quickly and more effectively and efficiently do their job. The good work is inspiring people to love music, to love God, to serve others, fill in the blank. But the other things make that happen. And that can happen, uh, like I said, in the chorale. That happens within the marching band. That happens with a variety of areas. Then you look at some of the other things that happen here on the campus. Our students are, as you said, bombarded with opportunities to lead. They have to say no to many things because it could be anything from... um, uh, chapel band playing in the chapel band or being on BCM leadership or being in leadership with the sororities or fraternities or being a student ambassador or fill in the blank. There are so many things just on campus. And so the students have to find their areas of niche, those those things that they're going to do and drill down deep in as deep as they can for those moments and then do well with them and say, okay, I have to make the decision to say no to these other things so that I can do my job that I feel called to do in these moments really well so that I can equip others to do their job well, whether that's being an ambassador or working in your sorority or serving as a middle school Sunday school teacher. Mm -hmm. All those things are finding ways to say yes to the best thing and no to the things that really aren't helping them be the best leader that they can be. And that happens all the time. Yeah. And here's the other thing. 
some students aren't as good at it and make a mistake and have to say, I really should have backed off and said no. Mm -hmm. That's happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to you in the past. You just have to know when to say no, but that's part of leadership, finding that conviction that I am called to do these things and knowing when this thing, yeah, lines up with that, but it's not down the dead middle of what I need to be doing. Yeah, and to that point, one conversation that I know you and I are going to have with students almost every year is when we have students that come to us that we're mentoring or leading or that are working with us on something and they say, I, I bit off more than I could chew. Mm -hmm. And I would say most of the time, those tend to be some of the most talented students That's that I have. True. And it's because they've had all these opportunities. Uh, Randy Alcorn, uh, who's, a, who's an author and a pastor, calls this plan neglect. Mm -hmm. He says you have to plan neglect into your life. So you have to, to intentionally neglect some opportunities and other do the best job at others. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for, for joining me for this conversation on this. I'm, man, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the rhythm of the podcast. Uh, as we close out talking about leadership, one of the things that I want to encourage our listeners to consider is that this is a foundationally kingdom issue. Leadership has to be done in the context of understanding ministry. The Bible makes clear that among God's people, God raises up leaders. The Bible also makes clear that we are a kingdom of priests. We are a people in which everyone has a, a, a mutual role in admonishing the common good of others. And that means that all of us have to be involved in the activity of leadership. We want to encourage all of our listeners to take opportunities to develop their leadership skills, but especially our college students that are listening in or those who are in educational activities at other places, whether it's high school or seminary or grad school, we want to really encourage you to take this time to develop in your leadership skills. Thank you so much for listening to the Transform podcast. Transformed is a resource provided by Shorter University, a Christian liberal arts university in Rome, Georgia. For more resources provided by Transformed, including podcast episodes, book reviews, and articles, check out transformed.shorter.edu. For more information on Shorter University, go to shorter.edu. Tune in next week as we continue to discuss leadership and the beginning of a new school year. We look forward to you joining with us in these conversations. Thanks, y'all.